Hi, my name is McKenna, and I'm doing chapters 5 and 6. I'm Melissa doing chapter 7. I'm Dylan, and I'm doing chapter 8 and 10. I'm Gabe, and I'm doing chapter 9. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the book gang. Today, we'll be talking about the things they carry. Chapters 5 through 10. So chapter 5 enemies, Dave Jensen and Lee Shunk, got into an argument over a jackknife that became very visible. They never settled this fight, making Dave Jensen very skittish about every move he was making. Would you have reacted the same way to the fight? Why or why not? I think in war you're very angry, so the argument could have led to other problems Dave could have had or Lee back at home, or even within war. And I think it was like, the jackknife could have, um, who knows, it could have been like a gift from someone else. And so, in that... So it like means more to him than it's just a jackknife. Yeah, for sure. I think like in that situation, like, you're just frustrated. And there's like a lot going on, you're tired and stuff, so like everything is a big deal. So you just got angry, and the fight started. But would you have reacted the same way? Like being scared? Yeah, like getting upset over a knife missing that you had. I mean, yeah. Like there's not a lot that you have like going on. Yeah. Like, that might be one of like the things he's superstitious about that like, he likes to keep with him. So like maybe he's like him taking that meant more. And also we've never been to war, so we don't know how they're feeling or you know what's going through their minds. So it would also depend like their environment they're living in as well. Okay. <laughs> okay. My second question is, why do you think Dave Jensen got so upset over a jackknife missing? Do you think it's common for, in war for soldiers to get mad about missing equipment? Um, I think, yeah. Because, like, everything can have, like, a small meaning, like I said earlier. Like, I remember Tim Cook was talking about, like, the orange juice cans he had. And so other people might not see it as a big deal. But for him, like... Uh, he just kind of needed them to get through it. So. But on the other hand, it's like he's being overly. <laughs> he's like making his whole life about this jackknife when there's more than that. Yeah, like on the contrary, like not every single weapon that they have could mean something. So, in some sense, I think it depends on, you know, kind of like what each one means to each one of them. Because, like, you know, let's say like a rifle could mean something to, you know, one of the platoon members and then to another person, not as much. Okay, you're in your next chapter. In Chapter 6 Friends, Dave Jensen and Lee Chunk became friends slowly and later made a pact that if they were missing a limb, they, the other one would end their suffering. Do you think this pact is extreme or normal for war? Um, going back to the last paragraph, Dave Denson had kind of an attitude problem and was really stubborn with his own equipment. So I feel like it's kind of weird that he's having um, a pack with Lee, Strunk, Lee Stunk even before like they were always going at it and just really stubborn with each other. Um, the pack might, may be extreme just because it's like losing a limb and you, like, you kill them for that. Because like, they can survive over a limb. But it is but war. Think, yeah, it like, is war, so I, I wouldn't know personally. 
I think it is a little bit extreme, but then at the same time, I think it portrays and kind of like reveals a lot about their friendship and their kind of like brotherhood. And you know, if that's what he really wanted to happen, then you know, I feel like the other, you know, guy would have the responsibility to kind of like help him out in that situation. Uh, like losing a limb, like it can mess up your life and change your mindset. And he might have known that he wouldn't be able to like, live with himself after. So he just wanted to end it maybe earlier. And in that situation, too, your mind is it's thinking differently. So in the moment, he might have said something and then they both agreed. So. And then my second question is, Lee Shunk's leg was amputated one day and instantly when he saw Dave, told him not to kill him. Why do you think he changed his mind so quickly? And also, why do you think O'Brien said that that a tremendous amount of weight was lifted off of Dave Jensen when he heard Lee has passed away? Um... So when his leg was amputated, I think he wanted to survive because Dave was, because Dave Jensen was telling him like you can survive, like you got this, like it's fine, like and the chopper was gonna take him. Um, and then the weight was lifted off him just because Dave had a stubborn connection with everyone. So I felt like if he was dead, he wouldn't have that pack anymore. Like if he would have been amputated, he wouldn't have killed him. Yeah, I feel like um, in that moment, you know, maybe Dave was kind of like hopeful for him, you know, and, you know, because, like, it sounded like he was, like, pretty, like, motivated, you know, kind of, like, keep going on and try to live with it, and then, I mean, they're good friends, so, like, when he passed away, I mean, I guess you could say, like, maybe he was kind of, like, relieved that he didn't have to go through, like, all, like the pain and stuff, trying to, like, regain, kind of, like, dealing with that amputation, so, and I'm sure that, like, after you lose your leg, you're afraid. And so if someone comes up to you that's supposed to kill you, basically, then you're just like, no, please don't do it. Like, he's just probably afraid in the moment. There's, like, a lot of stuff going on, so... Yeah. So my chapter in telling a true war story. Um, how does Tim O'Brien highlight the idea that a war story can be told of how it seems or how it actually happened? Did he do this to explain the death of Kurt Lemon? Explain. I think he highlights the idea of like what seems to happen and what like actually happened is because like you from your stories and from other people's stories and from what actually happened, there's always different points of view. So like from what I see right now is different from what Dylan's seeing and what you're seeing. So these stories are all short stories that maybe some people came up to him and told O'Brien to write. So it's all like different viewpoints of what seemed. And he definitely has a different viewpoint on like, you know, this story too. Because like I remember even like in the chapter he was saying how like war stories aren't meant for you to kind of like feel, I mean, kind of like motivated or like... It's supposed to like have you feel like sorrow and like you know kind of like loss about you know kind of like the people that you know gave up their lives for our country. I think that like if you were to have like a third person point of view where you can see everything happening, I'm sure like you're, it's a more clear view of what's happening. But like from his point of view, where there's just so much going on around him, like obviously it's gonna seem a lot more intense from where you're sitting. 
than uh, like what third person do. So this is a quote from the story. The gore was horrible and stays with me, but what makes me but what wakes me up twenty years later is Dave Jensen singing Lemon Tree as we threw down the parts. Why was Dave singing this? Is he insensitive when it comes to death? What is another example of Jensen not showing compassion or at least grief towards another warmate? Well, I mean, it understands. I mean, I understand because it was the death of Kurt Lemon and Lemon Tree. You know, kind of just goes with the name. But um, I, you know, Dave and Dave and um, Kurt went through a lot. You know, during the war, you know, they were friends, and then they, or they were enemies, and they became friends. And you know, I feel like while they were taking, you know, kind of like honoring him by taking down the body parts from the tree, you know, that really meant a lot to him in that moment. You know. So you think Lemon Tree was like a memorable moment, or was it more like Dave? Because like with it was very like memorable. I don't think it's memorable because like his name's Lemon, yeah. <laughs> taking his body parts down from a tree. Yeah. Like I, I think it's very saying. like yeah, I'm kind of scary because a little bit because you're just like here's this guy talking about Lemon Tree and we're this guy's named Lemon like it yeah. just everything sort of like. It's just insensitive. Yeah. Like, if somebody, like, was talking about that when I was doing it, I'm like, you can leave now, because you... Where's your, but, like, I mean, at the passion? Same, at the same time, though, it's boring, you know? Like, we don't yeah. know what's going on in their heads, and, you know, sometimes... That could be how he grieves. Yeah. Everyone has different coping mechanisms, so maybe he doesn't want to just, like, overreact about it. He doesn't keep it to himself. So, I'm Dylan. I had Chapter 8, The Dentist. My first question is, when Kurt Lemon had a bad toothache, he overcame his fear of the dentist, and he had him pull out his perfectly good tooth. Do you think he did this just to prove something to his platoon? Why or why not? I definitely think so, because he had kind of a tough act, and O'Brien wasn't really about that. He was like, oh yeah, like, he's just going to put on a face just to show you that. You know, he's stronger inside, but with the dentist, he wanted to pull out the bad tooth, because, I mean, he fainted earlier in the story. Mm -hmm. I think he did it just because his tooth was hurting really bad, and like. But it was a good tooth. Like the the dentist said, it was fine. Yeah, the dentist looked at him and said there, there wasn't anything. I mean, who knows? He can't. Yeah, really, it could have been. He bad. can't really tell what you know he's feeling in that That's moment. That's true. So. So it could have been bad. It could be like. You know, like when you're just. I think it's like sort of the show off aspect because like, I though Brian character at least from the chapters we read before. He like seemed very like scared of everything, and here is Kurt, who is I'll just pull out a tooth because that's good, yeah. just to show. It was, off. He even said like after like at the end of the chapter, he said he was like smuggling all around the the camp and stuff. I think it's so. just like, and you never know. Like O'Brien portrays it like that because he was a coward himself. Yeah. Oh, I see that. And you never know like how, like. Attention wise, it could be like attention getting because, like, why would you be smiling like after you've just done that? Like, to show off for a couple days, but if he's constantly doing it, then it's just like, yeah, okay. Okay, so my second, my second question is after he fainted from the dentist, he was too embarrassed to talk to anyone. Why do you think he was upset after fainting in front of everyone? Um. He really put up a tough front, trying to be like everything. So once he, um, <laughs> once he fainted, he was just kind of like, like everyone knows, like I don't have a tough front, like I'm scared of the dentist, like, and he says he's not scared of anything. So I 
I mean, once like you're embarrassed, you just probably don't want to talk to anyone either. So, I mean, I agree with his actions. Well, like disposition. <laughs> disposition. Yeah. You said disposition. Same thing. Disposition. Disposition. <laughs> we all know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like in the camp was the sort of like the bad bad guy to like bad boy situation like where everyone didn't want to be like didn't want to be him but everyone want act try to act like him and i think once everyone saw him be weak they're like like that's not right <laughs> that's not right i think fainting should be like an embarrassing thing so you just everyone's watching you and then all of a sudden you just stop moving you fall <laughs> but i think he just wanted to like sit alone for a little bit and kind of avoid people and avoid like the inflations that they'll make. I had chapter nine, the sweetheart song of the oh no, the sweetheart of the song Trabant. Uh, so Tim Cook desca- describes Rat Kylie as someone who over exaggerates all of his stories. The author suggests he does it because people feel the same emotions as he felt in the moment. Do you agree with Tim Cook or do you think there is another reason? Well, I could be like a show off aspect because I feel like a lot of people, but I'm not sure because I've never been in war, but like at least at school, there's a lot of people who emphasize stuff on their stories that like don't need to be emphasized. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sort of like that like drama exciting, like excitement out of it mm-hmm. all. Or with emphasizing, he could be like naive to what actually really happened, so he wants to make it like a different way. Like how to tell a true war story, he wants to make it seem how he saw it and like not how it actually happened. It wasn't just war stories though. Like it was just about like everything. And everyone. Yeah, and I agree with Melissa. Like, like, you know, just kind of like to emphasize kind of like your story and just kind of make, I don't know, something more impactful in that way. And then why do you think it is important to rap highly to exaggerate this Like I said before, like I think there's kind of like, and like you can like emphasize kind of like your story and kind of like make it seem more impactful and like, I don't know, kind of just like... Well, it could be like exciting for him to do that stuff to make his life more exciting than it actually is. Because like, here the lieutenant's having this girl send him notes and here like, you know, everyone has their own stuff going on. But I bet he really has a thing to go on for himself. So that's why he's exaggerating his stories. Yeah, not only like to make it sound cool, but also to it could also help with the coping, like talking about like his love for others, wars. All his stories could be a way that he copes with everything that's happening to him. All right, I have chapter ten stockings. My first question is: When Henry Dobbins wears his girlfriend's pantyhose around his neck for good luck, after they broke up, why do you think he kept wearing them? Throughout war, it might have helped him with the war. So, even though they broke up, it kind of was that comfort in the back of his neck, knowing that he always had that with him. Oh, in war, they couldn't move on as fast. They didn't have girls all around him, like around them. So they, he couldn't just look at another girl and be like, "Can I have another one of your stockings?" Because I, it's something. Experiences. His platoon started to believe in superstition. Why do you think they didn't believe him at first? Because superstitions are kind of like whether you believe them or not. It's like with conspiracy theories. You just you have to take them off the grain of salt. Yeah. I think like when you're getting kind of desperate, looking for some type of hope, that that means a lot.